Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. The goal of the Res Talk podcast is to communicate late breaking news, thoughtful insights, and information about all the topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So, whether you're a consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about some of the evolving trends in home energy ratings. They're going to be part of your future, guaranteed. Today, we'll be speaking with Emma Bennett. Emma is the staff member of ResNet who is responsible for the trade show, the ResNet conference. We want to make sure that you mark your calendars and save the dates for this fun, engaging, and educational event, which is coming up on February 25th through 27th, 2019, and it's in, of all places, New Orleans, Louisiana. There's one link where you can get all the information about attendee, sponsor, exhibitor, presenter, etc., all about the sponsor deadlines, the session deadlines, the attendee deadlines, where you get an early bird discount of 100 bucks. So take a look at the show notes where you get a lot more information about this. Okay, let's move on and talk to Emma about the ResNet conference coming up in 2019. How are you doing today, Emma? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. So the ResNet conference, let's dig a little bit into the history of the conference. You'd share with me some notes that it started in 1995. Is that correct? Yes. And originally, it was just a few dozen people gathering at the FSEC Center in Florida. And it's kind of grown into a big show where over 700 attendees, that's about our average, they all come together and have a great learning opportunity and networking opportunities as well. Sounds good. So FSEC, I think that's the Florida Solar Energy Center. So there's some ties to the people there. Is that correct? That seems to be like a hub for some of the people I know in ResNet. Yes, definitely. We have a good relationship with FSEC and they've just been with us through thick and thin. And I think the first ResNet session that I attended was around 1996 or 97. I want to say it was Texas. And again, I feel it was like a singular track program, as I recall. I think we were just like in a hotel conference room and there might have been, like you said, a dozen or a couple dozen people there. And at that time I was working with Backrack, I think. So <laughs> that's been a long time ago. <laughs> right. At least stretching my brain cells here. How about yourself? What's your involvement with ResNet on the staff? Yeah. So my official title is Standards Development Administrative Assistant, which is kind of a mouthful. Previously, I was just the conference coordinator back in 2016. And then this past year, I've taken more of a role in helping develop standards and other administrative duties within ResNet. But this will be my third year with the ResNet conference. And this is the year I'm definitely most excited for. How about your personal background? What leads you to this kind of role with ResNet? The nonprofit association management company that I work for previously had me on associations in the insulation industry. So I did a lot of work with the high-performance insulation professionals, and I did work with the Spray Polyurethane Foam Alliance as well. So I have some historical background in the building industry, mostly insulation-related, but it's been such a pleasure working with ResNet and their team. And I have to say that the ResNet conference is easily one of the best shows that I've attended. I always enjoy it too. And I think I've been going for a number of years now. Right. And the high performance insulation professionals and the Spray Foam Alliance, are they engaged with the conference at this point too? 
Yes. So they're partnering associations. Previously, they have exhibited in the past. And so I remember meeting Steve Baden back at an SBFA conference and just getting to hear about their show was really interesting. And finally getting to join in with them was really an exciting event. The conference itself, I've looked at the website and we'll share some links in the show notes here, but it looks like the details of all the past conferences are sort of laid out from 2010. So you have like, what's that, nine years that discuss all the previous conferences, the agendas, the presenters. So it's a lot of rich information. Right. And you can see how much it's grown since then. We actually just did a revamp on the conference website. So if you go back to last year, any previous year, you see that the website has been updated. And I've worked a lot with Valerie Briggs, who's our communication director, and helping to develop a exhibitor prospectus and sponsor prospectus, as well as an attendee brochure that can be used just to get concise information for everyone to look at in a very visually appealing way. So how does the agenda get constructed? How does this kind of begin to develop for ResNet? The conference, the way it's been set up for the past few years is we have some pre-conference sessions and then we normally run three days, Monday through Wednesday. Wednesday normally tends to be a half day, but in those three days, a lot is happening We have over 100 sessions, we have exhibit hall hours, we have receptions, and it's just a really, really exciting event and very dynamic and all the different people you get to meet and sessions you get to interact and learn with. The agenda, the way it's laid out, it's pretty much structured the same way, but some sessions that were popular in previous years, we kind of revamp and redo them for the next year, or people always bring in fresh ideas. So we tend to just listen to what attendees want to learn at the following conference. So we have our session nominations open now until August 14th. And then after that, a survey goes out and anyone can vote on what they want to see next year. And we consider that and try to make sure no sessions that the same person might want to attend overlap with each other. So it's kind of a process. Dealing with 100 sessions means you're dealing with over 100 speakers. So it's really, really kind of a big process in a sense, but definitely worthwhile when you get people giving such positive feedback on how much they've learned in the past three days. So be honest, it's like herding cats (laughs) when you're trying to get these speakers to respond. Come on, true? Sometimes, yeah. And everyone's really good, but you're getting a lot of bios and a lot of photos. But we tend to have a lot of presenters that come year after year and just present new and fresh information. So that makes it kind of easy when collecting all of that. So that picture of me from 1996 where I had hair, you're going to use that one next year? (laughs) Yes, we can definitely do that. (laughs) Thank you. So who comes to the conference? Is it just raiders? Who else comes? Generally, it's a lot of raiders and a lot of corporate sponsors come. We actually looked at our statistics from last year. So we have a survey that goes out and... Generally speaking, home energy raters make up 40% of conference attendees from the survey that we collected. 19% are rating providers, but there's a lot of people from other backgrounds as well. Utility representatives, product manufacturing distributors, building performance contractors, home builders, researchers, energy advocates, and government officials, and some other categories as well. But it's really exciting because those attendees don't necessarily get to meet on a day-to-day basis or interact. So for a chance to them to network and get to learn from each other makes it really a great environment. 
it's truly a national event. And like you said, people from the utilities, you can find out about what's going on in a different part of the country or some of the researchers, either they're presenting or they're there to learn themselves. So it's a really dynamic event. It's, I think it's one of those things where the more you put into it, there's the more you'll get out of it. Exactly. So I'd strongly encourage people to attend. Right. You also seem to have themes for the conferences. I noticed the one for 19. What's the theme for that? 19 is let us go forward together. And that just basically symbolizes the unity that we want the industry just to help move forward this rating industry and to keep going forward. So the 2018 theme was into the great wide open, which basically represented the open horizon that the home energy market has. And 2019 is let us go forward together, which kind of going off of 2018, just let's go into that horizon as a unified cause and just stand together and all boats rise. The riding ties lifts all boats. Yeah, That's the phrase I'm getting at. Yep. I'm actually looking at some of the past conference links. And again, we'll provide the link to that page of them, but there's actually some very beautiful photographs of the area, the venue, the minglers, the mixers that people have. It really gives you the idea of the dynamic there and the kind of people you can meet. Exactly. And we're going to be in New Orleans this year. So our theme is let's go forward together. But our motto this year is work hard, play hard. So we're really excited to have a lot of fun. And that just basically means New Orleans, it's going to be such a fun, exciting, definitely a party city. But at the same time, we had a previous conference there. And although people maybe stayed out till one or two in the morning, they were there 8 a.m. at the general session. So definitely looking forward to all the fun that we're going to have in New Orleans. I think that conference might have been the 2009 conference in New Orleans. Yes, I think so. That actually was my first day of work with True Tech Tools, was the ResNet conference. Oh, seriously? <laughs> Yeah, and it was February 14th, 2009. And it was a Saturday when the conference started. So I always call it Valentine's Day, like I fell in love with true tech and the industry and all that stuff. <laughs> I've been around for a while. But the previous day was Friday the 13th, so we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked a little bit about the agenda. What do those pre-conference sessions consist of? It normally depends. We've tried to condense it down to one day. Last year, we actually partnered with ICC to do a testing day so people could get ICC certified while at conference. And so we're just trying to collaborate with some of those other associations and make it worthwhile for everyone in the industry to try and if they want to come an extra day early and learn some supplemental information, that's great. And then mostly those sessions are ones that won't fit in the hour and a half time slot. They maybe need half a day or a full day to get all their information through. Sure. More training oriented or more in-depth topics like I see from last year. I think it was so 2010, bonus, but it's like Remrate Advanced User Workshop. Some things that will take more than just your 90-minute session or so, right? Right. I believe you also do some tours too. Is that correct? Yeah. So 2018, we implemented two tours. One of them was the Meritage Homes, which was a big hit. And also we did the H2O water testing tour. So we loaded some people up on buses and took them to home so they could really get a visual learning experience and get to see the house in person and really learn in a different environment than just the classroom in front of a PowerPoint presentation, which is a great way to learn, but it's also fun to get out and offsite. Yeah. So it was a really big hit and we heard a lot of really good feedback. And I think New Orleans, we're definitely going to try and implement that again. It's a hands-on industry really when it comes down to it. That's the physical nature of evaluating the energy efficiency of homes and water and that kind of thing. You really need to see it happen live. Exactly. 
So speaking of happening live, I think we're in the idea management phase where I'll be there to do some podcasting too. Oh, so I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. Steve mentioned that to me and Val was talking about it. We'll see if we can make something happen. Yeah, that would be great. How about some of the exhibitors? What are you looking for in an exhibitor? And do you reach out to them? or Do they come to you? How does that work? A little bit of both. We've had exhibitors that have come year after year, and they're just such great supporters of the show. And we really couldn't do it without them. One feedback we heard this last year, and we really take all that feedback and just try to up our game year after year. But we really want to create a more dynamic exhibit hall this year. We had a lot of really great exhibitors this past year, but we're always trying to improve that. And I think we're already starting to see that. This time last year, we had 12 exhibitors and sponsors signed up. And this year, we already have 19. So it just shows the enthusiasm for this next year and just to get those sponsors to come in and showcase their products and services to their potential customers. You charge pretty much the industry going rate for the booth sizes and things like that. So I think it's a very fair way to go forward to get your message out if you're looking to do that as an exhibitor. Yes. Exhibit hall, I would say it's pretty affordable for how much you get from it. A lot of attendees just are always walking through there. We put the food in the back, so they're always kind of funneling through. And we have our open bars and receptions in there as well. So it's a really good chance just to have a drink and get to talk to people. But yeah, exactly. With exhibiting, it's pretty affordable and sponsorship opportunities too. We have a really wide range, whether you want to be a premier sponsor or you just want to sponsor a reception or help sponsor the mobile app or registration. We're actually coming out with some other sponsorship options as well, such as sponsoring Wi-Fi, which we've heard in the past, it would be really great for attendees to be able to connect and check their emails in between sessions. And so having a sponsor for that would be a great way to expose your company. Also, charging stations is one thing we're looking into where people can go and plug in their phones, but none of that could be possible without a sponsor and the great sponsors that we already have. I'd suggest one of the utilities do the charging station, right? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned a mobile app, and I've downloaded it each time. It seems like the last maybe four years or so there's been a mobile app. What kind of things happen in the mobile app? What can you do with it as an end user? Right. So our mobile app is actually, we're continuously trying to improve it, but I would say that it's one of the best apps that I've used for any event. It has the Expo Hall map, has a list of sponsors, a list of attendees that you can search for. The biggest thing is the schedule. And what I like most about it is that you can put in your different sessions that you want to attend and favorite them. And it'll send you reminders for when that session is happening and what event is coming next. So it's really helpful for attendees. We try to go paperless and don't have printed brochures. So nowadays, everybody has a smartphone. So downloading the app is really essential part of attending conference. So the attendees actually can communicate with each other with the app or you just see who they are or how does that work? You kind of just see who they are. And you can also get the contact information from the exhibitors and sponsors. So if you really connect with somebody who's sponsoring the organization and you want to learn more about their product or service, they have a direct way of sending them an email or giving them a call. It eliminates all those tons of business cards I have stuffed in my pocket with scribbles on the back that I can't read afterwards. Exactly. What would you say is the overall goal for the conference? What do you hope to come away with in the surveys or whatever? What are you looking for? Like I said, we got really great feedback from 2018 and just a few minor things that we want to improve for 2019. I would say a big thing is getting a great list of breakout sessions for anybody that is in their certain part of the industry or depending on what 
stage of their career they're in. I heard feedback from someone who is a new writer and he had a hard time kind of following along with those very technical, heavy sessions, breakout sessions. So now we're trying to develop a HERS 101 track or a specific session for those just entering the industry and they can just get their hands on some of the tangible information that you use at the beginning of your career. And like I said, another big thing is making a really dynamic and exciting exhibit hall. So it really benefits both the exhibitors and the attendees. That's a great idea. You really are trying to listen and reshape things. I think the idea about the new Raiders, because you're trying to grow as an organization and a network, and you have to recognize that some new people will not be familiar with some of the diehards that have been coming year after year. Right. And I would say most of our attendees have come for the past five years, but we really do want to encourage new faces to come to the show and just have the most valuable learning experience they can. And so we really want to match their need for that. What would you say is the most surprising thing that's happened? I know you have a short tenure there, three or four years. What's the most surprising thing that's happened? And you don't have to name names. <laughs> I can't think of anything so surprising, but I do have some good memories from last year. The Emerging Leadership Council that Valerie has coordinated with, I guess I could say that I was really surprised with how much fun I had with them after some of the sessions and the reception finished up, they continued to have an ELC reception. And then after that, they went on to go to several more bars and all that stuff. And I could hardly keep up. (laughs) So (laughs) I was kind of surprised just how much fun and all the exciting people that I get to meet. I'm just continuously surprised by how I just learned something new from someone. And it's not just a networking where we're just only talking business, I really get to meet a lot of interesting people that I connect with personally. And when I got to say, every time I go into a conference, just kind of go in the mindset of professionalism and networking with people. But I really am just overwhelmed with how many great connections and friendships that I get to culture when I'm there. You're surprised by the stamina of the people associated with the ELC, is that it? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Working up to the conference, just like on a personal basis, the intensity, the amount of hours you put in, they much go up and up and up and up. What's it like? I would say it's really tiring, but it's so exciting too. I'm somebody who works really well under pressure, so I always have a great time, even though I'm up around 5.36 and I don't go to bed. If I'm with the ELC, it's normally not till like <laughs> 1 or 2 in the morning. <laughs> It makes me a little nervous for New Orleans because it's the weekend before Mardi Gras. So I know there's going to be a lot of really fun, exciting energy around, but... Quote unquote opportunities, right? Opportunities. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And that just kind of keeps me going in a way too, is knowing that I'm going to have so much fun and I'm always going to be on my toes trying to help, whether it's a projector issue or a session swap, anything like that. It's really, really exciting work. And even though after three days, I need a 10-hour nap, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely worthwhile. So there must be some wind-down activities, or do you just like head straight for vacation? Last year, I headed straight for Cabo. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was out of touch for a week after that. But definitely, I just feel like the conference is also part of a vacation, too. It's a little more of a hard work vacation, but still just as fun. So Emma, we covered a lot of ground today. Really want to thank you for all this information. I really enjoy the ResNet Conference. It's a great place to mingle, to connect, to learn, to see where the state of the industry is going. And again, I got to agree with them. You learn something new every time. And even an old whatever like me can learn something new every time from attending the conference. So thanks again, Emma, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. 
One quick editorial note here, the first ResNet conference was actually in 2001 at FSEC, the Florida Solar Energy Center. 1995 was the first year of ResNet, and we got some of those facts backward, but we wanted to correct that now. Please subscribe if you haven't, but listen in to the next ResTalk podcast. We're very interested in getting your feedback, and we'll give you some links in the show notes on how to do that. Take care. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the ResTalk podcast. We want to make sure you also mark your calendars and save the dates for this fun, engaging, and really terrific event called the ResNet Conference, which is held from February 25th through 27th, 2019 in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's the next upcoming conference. So they actually, every year, have a different theme for the conference. This year, the theme will be Go Forward Together. And on that note, we're going to close with a quote from Edward Everett Hale. Coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. We hope you have success and wish you success in your work and your endeavors. Come to the ResNet Conference. We think you'll be even more successful. Take care, everyone. Until next time at the next ResTalk podcast. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Talk.